take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland. And I showed you how deep the rabbit hole You are now plugged in. Welcome to the Virtual Matrix. Your source for ECW coverage, movie reviews, and the latest in video gaming. J.J. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the jungle that is known right here in the internet wrestling community as Unplugged. Of course, I am your host for the evening, Mr. Mom on the mic, as I was called last night by C.J. Bowman. But of course, I am Mr. Money on the mic. Welcome to another edition of Unplugged, where yes, I am back in the saddle after a one-week absence I want to thank the guys last week, the Trey Dog, the Sensational Sean, David Stevens, for filling in, uh, and even Heavy Breathing Guy, which was crazy, quite frankly. I, I'm barfing my lungs out, sick as a dog, listening to the show live, trying to get some sleep, and all I hear is heavy breathing. Can somebody tell me what the hell happened to my show last week? Just wondering. I, I don't know. Maybe it's me. But... Again, I'm feeling much better this week. Everything is good to go. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to talking about tonight, talking about NXT. Got some other things I want to talk about. We're going to bring Sean on later, talk a little bit of uh, video gaming. I know that um, God of War 3 came out today, so I'm pretty sure Sean has been playing all day God of War 3. Can't wait to hear the review on that one. Uh, With that said, I think we're going to go right into our... NXT recap. Joining me on the line, ladies and gentlemen, uh, he is my host, my recapper of WWE NXT. Welcome, David Stevens, to the program. David, are you with me? I'm with you, JJ. It's nice to have you back. It's nice to be back. I'll tell you what, um, the second we got Internet Dave off the line last week, the heavy breathing stopped. 
Now, I'm not saying he was the one doing it, but I'm saying Trey and I were still on, and it wasn't there. That's all I'm going to say. Well, <laughs> you can neither prove nor deny it was Internet Dave. It was somebody. <laughs> somebody had some heavy breathing going on. Don't know what was going on there, but thank God there's no heavy breathing on the show tonight. What's going on, man? I mean, it's been a week since I talked to you. You sent me an email the other day. It told me you probably weren't going to be on the show tonight, and and, and I felt slighted by Michael Buble. What the hell's wrong with you, Michael Buble to... or me? Come on, the choice Sorry, is simple, bro. It is that is no comparison. If I'm gonna go for one who lives in Canada or a Canadian, it's between the two of you. He would get it. It was it's actually my Christmas present. I was supposed to go to a concert tonight, but um, eh, some things fell through with my parents. But that's all right. It's Nice to be home. I'm home for spring break right now. It's very relaxing. And this is actually the first show that you have done with me um, when I have not been doing a written recap for NXT. And it is so, so nice. I can actually make notes for the show and not try and make notes while I'm typing, which was always a mess. It's very relaxing. It's a good, it's a good place to be in. Well, that, that's good, because I'm going to need your notes. As uh, I alluded to earlier, I have been playing Mr. Mom all day. I actually took Harmony to the airport uh, about an hour and a half ago, and uh, just got home not too long ago. Got to catch a little bit of an XT. Had problems finding a stream, first off. But once I did, I managed to watch the whole show in between, you know, uh, yelling at kids and uh, pulling my hair out. So, you know, it's going to be an interesting show tonight, I'm telling you. I'm feeling good. So, I completely missed the opening, but I do believe the first match on the card was a tag team match, if I'm not mistaken. And wasn't John Cena supposed to start the show off? According to the WWE's Twitter, he was. Uh, he was not there. So, I don't know why. They didn't really explain it, but Cena was not there. Instead, we did kick things off with a tag team match. It was the team of Darren Young and CM Punk. And they defeated Justin Gabriel and Matt Hardy. Now, since I don't know how much of the match you saw, essentially, Darren Young and Punk are doing a pretty good job of working together. We haven't necessarily seen that from them in the past. We, of course, heard from Punk that if Young is not going to join the Straight Edge Society, then why should he help him? You know, Why should he even been there? And Young has been questioning that as well. I had a couple thoughts um, going into this match. It was, it was fairly clean, but the first thing that I, just, I have to ask you about why, in God's name, is Matt Hardy so over? I just don't get it. Because he's a Hardy. I mean, that's all he needs. He could be 500 pounds and be fat Hardy, and he would still be over with the Cheeto-eating crowd. I'm telling you. I mean, this guy gets girls like gangbusters. I don't know what it is about Matt Hardy that appeals to the masses, but even my wife, before she was my wife... Loved Matt Hardy and used to call him her boyfriend all the time. Now, funny story is, I interviewed Matt Hardy for uh, WTR back in 2005 when I was the driving force behind uh, that particular radio show. And uh, just for the longest time, she was starstruck over the whole Matt Hardy thing. So, uh, I've never wow. understood the allure to Matt Hardy, really. I just, I just don't get it. I will say this, at least he was back to wearing his old pants again, not the tights. I don't know if it's a permanent change, but he was doing that tonight, and it looked so much better. Uh, you know what? Absolutely, it looks a lot better. The tights that he was wearing just really did not flatter 
his body type very much. Uh, no, not at, all. At, at least with these, uh, you know, with with these pants that he wears. I mean, it it, it looks better on him, and uh, it seems like he has more mobility. To be honest with you, I'll tell you what. I'll give him credit. You know, where credit is due. At least he was willing to try and mix things up and see if he could do something else. It didn't work. Um, but then you have guys like Jericho and The Miz, where switching up the tights does work. So I. I don't fault him at all for trying to. I think he stuck with it a bit too long. Eh, yeah, probably, but at least he has found what works, and he's still getting over like crazy. The The unfortunate thing is, again, his last name is Hardy, and in a WWF ring right now, it seems that all he can do is put people over, and uh, that was very apparent tonight when he jobbed out to uh, to Darren Young and CM Punk in the tag match. Well, I'm starting to wonder... What would it take for Jeff to bring him to TNA, and what is keeping Matt in the WWE if TNA was able to match salary-wise what he's getting? I mean, the the road schedule is obviously a lot lighter. If he could get it, would he take it? Well, I guess if you're Matt Hardy and you're looking at uh, at TNA, you know, as the competition, as a company to go work for, I mean, obviously he is making better money. Uh, with the WWE. That said, going to TNA, he would work less days. He could be reunited with his brother. And not only that, Shannon Moore and possibly even Gregory Helms will, will end up there in the very near future. So if you look at all four of those guys getting together and forming a stable in TNA, I think that could be money. And, you know, Matt Hardy's got to think at this stage in his career, he's been with this company since he was just a kid, uh, you know, yeah. as a preliminary wrestler. You know, back in the early 90s. And really, what push has Matt Hardy had from day one? Uh, he's been the jobber for the longest time. The best run he ever had was uh, really his V1 days, back when he was on SmackDown. Uh, yeah, you know, sure. running with the Cruiserweight title. And then, of course, they drafted him over to Raw. What happened next? Lita and Edge hooked up, and he got screwed out. Got yeah. released from the company, and then he was at his hottest when he came back to the company, and they squashed him again. So, I mean, the good times for Matt Hardy and the WWE is is over. Uh, he's got to realize that and see that he can help build this company over at TNA and really be somebody that they could do something with. So, I, I guess really the logical thing is, it's not why is he not there; it's when will he go there, and what would it take. I agree. I mean, Matt and, and Jeff, for that matter, but especially Matt, he's just very lucky that he was one of those guys that Russo liked and he was willing to, you know, pull for him, which is, you know, fantastic, obviously. But is he ever going to win a world title in this company? No. Could he in TNA? Maybe. So I, I think he has, I agree. I think he's achieved personally the most that he will. And the accolades being there, should he do it? I don't know, but I. Mix it up. Keep it interesting. And I won't have to watch him as much on TV, so I am all for it. <laughs> you won't have to watch him as much on TV. Uh, that's, that's really a, that's the nail in the answer. coffin for me. I see. <laughs> I see. Uh, you know, that, that tag team match was very interesting. There was a lot of good spots in the, in the match, um, especially the 450 splash mm. that uh, that Gabriel went for. And, you know, I guess, it was, was it Punk or Darren Young that moved out of the way? Uh, it was Punk, I think. Young? I think it was Punk. I don't remember. I think it was Punk. I think it was Punk. He moved out of the way. It was beautiful, beautiful 450. And, oh, it looked uh, he, like it hurt when he hit. He had some great offense against Punk, especially when Punk came off the top rope and he connected uh, 
with a drop kick to Punk. I thought that was a great counter, and they're really yeah. showcasing this guy uh, as an aerial artist, and I think he's doing a very good job. Possibly, you know, teaming him with Matt Hardy and pairing him up as his coach is going to help him uh, build some fundamentals. The thing that Matt Hardy has always done that I've really appreciated was he's always been the ring general uh, when it came mm-hmm. to his matches, whether it was, you know, uh, as part of a tag team or in singles competition. He's really good at putting together spots. And, I mean, he's not a spotty wrestler, but he does have a lot of good counters and technical wrestling moves that he employs. And I think that putting him with Gabriel, who is going to be a high flyer, it's important to put him with someone who has the fundamentals of the ground game and the, you know, the, the wrestling game. I think that's, that's really the best place for him. Hardy is certainly at his best when he has somebody who is willing to die for him in the ring, obviously, just like Jeff was. Well, yeah, and, and we saw it tonight. There's a lot of spots that he does uh, with Gabriel that are very reminiscent of the Hardy Boys, you know, such as the poetry in motion. And, yes. um, and that's what I think they should name Matt and Jeff's tag team in TNA. I already have it going in my head. And you know what? They just might do that. They very well might. Um, one thing that stuck out in this match to me, and I don't know if anybody else has noticed it, but Darren Young has the weirdest way of selling moves I've ever seen. I can't describe it, but he gets kicked, and his like his face just does this weary, really, really weird way of reacting to it. It's it's as though he's overacting, but it's just bizarre to watch. The art of the oversell. I think he is, uh, he's got it down pat, to be honest. And every time I look at this Darren Young kid, I, I swear to God, I see a cross between John Cena and Buckwheat. <laughs> I'm still with Harmony. I still think it's Orlando Jordan. No. Orlando looks, looks like Booker T now. They did try and say that Gabriel was the only rookie to defeat a pro, um, which was false because Heath Slater defeated Carlito, so I have no idea where that came from, but... Other than that gaffe on commentary, um, Gallows, after the match, attacked attacked Young. Well, he attacked Young and Hardy, because Hardy actually, I do believe, did a side effect to him on the outside of the ring. Yes, they did the side effect on the outside of the ring. What happened was, after the match, though, uh, Punk and Young were celebrating in the ring, and Gallows and Serene joined, and they had their arms raised up, and just out of the blue, Gallows turned to Young and laid him out with his finisher. And CM Punk, I mean, he was not surprised at all. It definitely seemed like it was planned. Now, I don't know if this was their way of saying, hey, if you're not going to join Straight Edge Society, this is what you could have had, the success you had tonight, you could have through your career. But if you're not going to make the sacrifices, then we're not going to let you have them. I think that's what they were trying to do. I like the start of this. I like where they're going with it. I'm hoping the way that they go with this is to have some more tension between them, and next time, just shave his head. Get rid of that fucking Chia Pet troll doll-looking haircut, and, you know, have him join the Straight Edge Society. I I think that's the best way to do it. It's possible. If you don't have anything else on that match, it was followed by Daniel Bryan versus... (laughs) I don't know if I can get this out here. Um, Daniel Bryan versus (laughs) the Great Collie. Come on, Dave, spit it out. I know it's funny watching the great Kali dance and jostle his way down to his uh, Punjabi oh, disco. It was like watching Get Smart all over again. Just Steve Carell versus the great Kali. This was Daniel Bryan. And give the guy credit, he tried. But first of all, the match was perfect. And I know a lot of people will be upset by it because, you know, 
Brian lost again, but I think that's a different issue from the fact that this match was a perfect match for Kali. He let Brian get in a decent amount of moves for his size, and then Brian leaping from the top rope and just getting chopped, more than getting chopped, just getting swatted down to the mat was absolutely brilliant. Kali wraps it up right there. I, I don't know how you book a better match for the great Kali than what happened. The problem is this isn't you know, the great Kali's opportunity. This is Daniel Bryan's opportunity. Yeah, but you've also got to look at it from the other standpoint. They're trying to make Daniel Bryan out to be the guy that everybody wants to uh, to beat up on. You know, the Miz is stacking the deck against him. Uh, and for that, I think it's really getting across. A lot of people are like, oh, he's just jobbing out. You know, Daniel Bryan is dead. Daniel, uh, you know, Bryan Danielson, he's, he's done here. I don't think that at all. I think that they're really going to build this kid up over the course of uh, the next couple of weeks and really do something with him. I mean, I don't see him getting voted off the island anytime soon, you know, as it were. But I, I just I want to see Kali have a little more personality. And hell, why, why can't we just give him an, an incredible Hulk type gimmick where he goes around saying Kali Smash? I just think that would be cool. He, he does the brain shop already. I mean, Kali Smash. That would fucking rule, man. You, you can make you can make T-shirts, you know, Kali Smash. I mean, come on, that's a seller right there. If, if WWE's listening and, and you steal my idea, be sure to send the royalty check my way. Okay, Kali Smash. <laughs> it's a hit shirt. I'm telling you. That, that's just your luck, JJ. Probably they would too. Next week there'll be Kali Smash shirts, and when it happens, <laughs> the whole internet wrestling community will know that I came up with that idea. Oh, it's true. <laughs> Um, let me tell you, the best part about this match wasn't even the match itself, but the big sh- after the match is done, the Big Show's music hits. Big Show walks out to the ring, gets in, hits the choke slam on Daniel Bryan. His music hits again, and he walks out. Not a word is spoken, just in and out. It was perfect. It was. Uh, <laughs> for what it was, you know, Big Show comes out, doesn't say a thing, choke slams Bryan Danielson. And the great Khali just looks on. I, you know what? I was actually hoping that Khali was going to stop him, but that didn't happen. I really thought that building some tension between Khali and Big Show, you know, with him trying to save Daniel Bryan, would have been something that would have been cool because obviously it's not personal. Khali went in there, he had a match, he had to do what he had to do. But to stand there idly and watch this. This giant choke slam this guy and do nothing kind of bothered me. Uh, maybe it's just me. I, I just didn't like that. Maybe it was more of the Kali going, okay, Kali smash, Big Show come, Big Show smash, Kali smash again? I don't know. I don't know. It looked like he was thinking. I mean, I, I, I could smell something burning at that point, but not really sure what was happening. <laughs> it's very possible. Um. I'm I'm just kind of baffled with where they are trying to go with Brian here. Are they, I'm assuming that because they came out and they made him such the guy to beat, they you know they were hailing him from the minute the show started. Are they now trying to go with an underdog role so that you know, as they said with Michael Tarver later in the night, the the diamond in the rough is not the first thing that shines. Are, are they trying to go more that route so that Brian can not fizzle out and instead rise? I think so. I think they're really trying to make him pay his dues. 
Which mm. I, I know there's people out there that be like, he's paid his dues on the independent scene. Yeah, yeah, we know, we know what you think. It's fine. And you're right, he has. But, to quote Michael Cole and every other fucker in the WWE, he hasn't earned his spot in that company yet. And they are he's cutting his teeth, he's learning the hard way, and they're putting him through the paces to make him a better wrestler. It's just like when you go to boot camp, when you join the Army, the Air Force, the Marines, whatever. They tear you down so they can build you back up and make you better. And that's what they're doing with Brian Danielson. I know there's people that's going to disagree with me, and that's fine. I'm entitled to my opinion, and I'm not going to shun yours. But that's just where I see this going. Very well said. They aired, after this, they aired the David Otunga package, and it was the exact same package as they aired before. I suppose, since he wasn't on the show tonight, they wanted to incorporate them somehow, but I really dislike when they show the same package over and over again. It's the same problem I have with American Idol this year. Like, put new video packages together, for crying out loud. I would agree with that. I absolutely would agree with that. And I'm tired of David Otunga's catchphrase being Google me. Oh, I love it. I don't know. It's just getting old real quick. The guy's famous. shirt. That is a shirt waiting to happen. That is. He's just living off the fact that he is the fiancé of Jennifer Hudson. That's it. I could give two shits that he went to Harvard. Good for him. He's a smart guy. You know, and, and I saw the pictures of him when he was with the president. He's like, he's like, I've been to the president's house twice. You know, well, good for you. I'm so happy for you. I love the, I went to Harvard mm. Business School. You know who else did? Or law school, sorry. The president did. Like, what? What? That's completely irrelevant. So did a lot of white-collar criminals. Like, I, yeah, like, I don't know where he was going with that one. That's just his claim to fame. It's the best he can come so. up with. So tonight, we on this program, we have come up with two different t-shirt designs for the WWE. Kali Smash and Google Me. I want my royalty checks, damn it. I'll tell you what, NXT could have quite the dough coming their way soon. So after that David Otunga package, we head into... Well, first we head into that 10-minute break of nothing happening. Nice to see that come back. So annoying. Oh, you mean the the 10-minute break of let's promote WrestleMania? Let's promote WrestleMania. Let's do a Raw Rewind. Let's show some video packages. And let's not start our main event until the overrun. Like, what? I hate that. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was excessive with the whole WrestleMania package. I literally had two windows open at the same time <clears throat> doing other stuff and just li- was listening to the video packages, went back and forth, and literally I was like, when is this shit over? i got things to do. Like, I want to watch yeah. this and get this done. And, and it's, they're still talking about the matches for WrestleMania. I mean, I understand it's WrestleMania, it's the biggest show of the year, and you're trying to pump the shit out of it, but... Uh, on a program like NXT, you really should be focusing on these guys that you're trying to build up and do something with. This is not your Raw. This is not your SmackDown. Uh, this is like a reality TV thing where you're building up these new stars. And I just don't think it needs to be the place where you're promoting the Raw Rewind or any of this other bullshit. People who are watching NXT are already watching Raw. Nobody's flipping on NXT and saying, oh, what's this WWE Raw concept? That that seems cool. It's the other way around. And as such, it just... I, I wrote down the same thing that you were kind of saying. I literally almost walked away. I thought the show was over for a second, and I had to kind of say, oh, no, I got I to gotta keep watching. It's very, very odd. 
It was quite odd. So after that, we went into Heath Slater versus Michael Tarver. Possibly the match with the least reaction I have heard in... Uh, at least since I went to some indie shows over the summer with like god-awful people. I mean, there was no reaction to anything. One move. One move, and hey, it was a beautiful springboard corkscrew to the outside. Credit to Heath Slater. But outside of that, nothing got a reaction. Not even Michael Tarver coming into the ring and attacking him after the match got a reaction. It was just very uncomfortable to watch. You know what? The the planche he did to the outside, <clears throat> I thought was very, very well done. I was actually impressed Beautiful. with that. Um, what was what was up with uh, the roll-up grabbing the tights for the win? I, I couldn't even figure... The end happened, and a lot of times when I'm watching wrestling, I'm like you, often I'll have multiple windows open, so there's certain things I'll hear in a match that will bring my attention in case for a moment it got distracted. And I looked over, and the match was over. And I'm going, I don't, what just happened? I don't, I don't understand. The, the crowd didn't react. There must have been, it was just bizarre. Yeah, I, it was bizarre. And just, you know, going back and watching it, I I was like, wow, uh, this match kind of sucked, you know, minus the plancha. These guys had absolutely no heat with the crowd whatsoever. Like, it was like they all just didn't give two shits or fell asleep during this match. I'm still not a big fan of this Heath Slater kid. I don't see a lot of potential with him. I really don't. I think it's kind of sad they branched him with Christian because I don't think Christian can help him out. Uh, no, I don't. And Carlito is got this Michael Tarver kid, which I think he does have some talent. He's got a unique character. I like the look he's got. He seems like he's very athletic. And I just, I don't know. I question a lot of the uh, the pros that they put with the with the rookies. I just I don't agree with these two at all. Some are so perfect and other are not. Mm. And you know, last week Trey and I were talking and Trey said that he's a big fan of Michael Tarver and I definitely see where he's coming from, but especially this week just Tarver got nothing from me. Oh, and sidebar for a second, uh your honor Jackson. Um I've learned that if I call out somebody on this show, the next week I'll be co hosting with them. So I guess that's a thought for the future. Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Anything can and will happen on Unplugged. <laughs> I get that email, and I'm like, oh, God. Nah, but Trey, Trey was a lot of fun. Trey was a lot of fun. But nonetheless, just i got to be on my toes, apparently. That's right. I mean, if you call out Mike Siciliano, you could be hosting the show with him one week. and I will never say anything about him, ever. Lord knows. Never. God, no. What kind of train wreck you guys could have, I'm telling you. I don't even want to think about that. <laughs> I'd be, I'd just be hiding the whole time. Like, you know how Kane, when when Shane McMahon used to punch him, Kane would put those fists over his head and you know try and block with his forearms. That would just be me the entire show. What, whatever you say, Mike. Whatever you say, just it's okay. Just you're right. Just please don't hurt me. That could be an interesting concept. We might have to try that sometime. <laughs> oh, no, God. I'm just kidding. I've said too much. That's right. Um, See what happens when you talk shit. <laughs> it, it would almost it would almost be like the uh, the SmackDown Heidenreich Michael Cole situation from years ago. You know, Mike <laughs> might read you poetry. I don't know. <laughs> if I start getting emails from Mike that are poems, oh my god, it's going to be a long night. 
Um, <laughs> I'm just going to move on right now. That's probably the best thing. Moving on. Um, Skip and Regal had a segment backstage, and um, it, it was interesting. Essentially, it was very well done. It was Regal you know, uh, talking about, oh, Skip, stop talking when I'm trying to tell you something. Stop talking over me. And the entire time, Skip was talking over him. And at first, I really liked it. But at the end of it, I really wanted to slap Skip in the face. And he's supposed to be the good guy. That's not okay. Well, you know, the thing about Skip Sheffield that I really like, other than the fact that he's a future wellness violation in motion, uh, I really like this stupid character that he's concocted, the corn-fed meathead. Now, I'm not a big fan of his catchphrase. I think it's kind of stupid. But he's got the right look. And if they use him correctly, I think he could actually uh, do some interesting things. I'm impressed with Wade Barrett. However... Mm -hmm. I am not impressed with Wade Barrett's finishing move. I thought the F.U. What is that? You know what it is? It's just a fireman slam, and he just throws you down. Like, it's it's one of the worst-looking finishers I've ever seen in this business. I mean, I rake it up there with the F.U. It's ridiculous. It's like, oh. You don't like the F.U.? Really? I I think the F.U. is the worst-looking move ever. I don't know. Like, he started going back to the way he used to do it when he follows through all the way and lands on his knees as well, it has more impact when he does it like that. But when he does it just as a straight-up just throw over, it is lame. I'll give you that. It is. I mean, it's lame. I, I rank it up there with the uh, with the leg drop from Hogan. But it has the tension of being on the shoulders, which I like about it, because you can get a lot of drama out of the move. I don't know. Just never been a fan. Not a big Cena fan. Sorry. Sorry. Right. Uh, you were talking about Skip's... Uh, Talking about Skip's catchphrase, did you see his pants tonight, his ring gear? It just said, shoot, across them with like 15,000 O's. What the hell does that mean? I am not really sure. Uh, it must be some type of, uh, you know, Texas redneck thing, possibly. I, I have no idea. At first I thought, oh, okay, shoot wrestling. I'm like, no, that's not what it is. And I'm thinking, oh. He's Western, so he shoots a gun. There's not that many O's in that. Where is he going with this? I want an explanation. Oh, shoot. Yep, yep, yep. I don't know. I, I just, I don't... I don't know with, with this guy, Skip Sheffield. Ryan Reeves, the silverback. Why didn't he just stick with that? I, I liked it I better. Could have worked. There's a terrible pat matching with him and Regal, just like as we were saying before. I would like to say, I don't know if you watched NXT last week. Did you? Unfortunately, no. I, I didn't catch it. Um, I was too busy praying to the porcelain god. Right. Understandable. Jericho did this last week, and he did it again this week. And this week was just... Oh, the way he yells at the commentators when his guy is in the ring is priceless. I was dying. <laughs> Just the constant yelling of, say this, talk about Barrett. Are you talking about him? And Matt, poor Matthews is like, we we are. He's like, no, you do. Come on, Cole. You talk about it. And Cole's like, probably. And Matthews just turns and he's like, Jericho hates you. Cole's like, me? What did I? It was just perfectly. It got to the point where uh, Cole, Matthews, and Jericho, there was just a split second where all three of them almost broke character at once. And somehow they regained their composure because it was just brilliant. Well, you know, <clears throat> I would agree with that, 
the thing that really kills me about um, about watching uh, NXT every week is I, I really am starting to enjoy the commentary. I, I'm liking this whole Michael Cole dynamic that he's shitting on the internet, that he's trying to be a heel announcer, which to me is hilarious. Michael Cole, <laughs> as a heel, ladies and gentlemen, is actually starting to pay some dividends. I love how he's, he's... So why not? Yeah, exactly. I love how he's giving Josh Matthews shit. About, yeah. oh, yeah, yo, congratulations, you haven't had a match in, what, eight years? Uh, tough enough thing really worked out for you. And I'm just like, wow, that's awesome. I just wish Matthews would have said, yeah, I guess that hide and rape thing worked out for you, huh? <laughs> well, and it's exactly that. We don't have that, really, in wrestling anymore, and I do like this. The commentary on this show is becoming one of my favorite things because... They're just playing their parts absolutely perfect. Uh, and i got to give Josh Matthews credit for throwing the word vintage out there tonight. Oh, so well done. i got to give Taz props for throwing out vintage uh, on TNA. Yes, last night. And he goes, I'm going to try and get that in every Monday. I was dying at that. Too. I'll tell you what, these past two days of wrestling have left me laughing constantly. I just, it's, it's just been so entertaining. Well, now, uh, okay. Let's 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 actually finish up this NXT recap, and then I've got a little thing I want to talk about in regards to uh, to what happened last night, and and just some of the things that I've heard today. Okay. So I mean, that's that's pretty much it. The match between these two uh, wasn't what I would consider a classic. I think Wade Barrett does have some talent, and I think that he might be somebody. But uh, I just thought the pairing of these two in the ring tonight was not the best pairing possible. Just two muscle heads, and I just think Skip Sheffield is, uh, he's not ready for for prime time, quite frankly. I agree. The only other thing I have written down is to tell everybody that if you did not know, voting by the pros starts in two weeks, and I was just going to ask you, JJ, who do you think the first guy to be eliminated will be? Hmm... Gee, let me think about this. Uh, the first guy to be eliminated from the island. It's tough. We should start something on SNS. We should have the the listeners put up like a poll or something, and they can. We'll do that next week once we know. Who has? I don't the know word? if I can tell you to do that. I, I don't mean it like that. I mean it's just an idea I'm throwing out. What are you trying to take over my damn show? What, what the fuck's wrong with you, David Stevens? Just, just the network. Oh, just no, the I'm network. Kidding, just I'm the kidding. network. Oh, you're aiming high. Okay, that's awesome. <laughs> Um, let's see. I'm going to take it while you don't think it exists. That's what I'm going to do. Oh, okay. Well, according to my wife, it still doesn't exist, so, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you know what, as far, who has the worst win-loss record in this Daniel contest Bryan. right now? Daniel Bryan? Yeah, he's 4-0-4. Er, oh okay, I, he's not going anywhere. If I had to choose anybody, I'd probably say, da- uh, what's his name, Darren Young. Oh, interesting. I, I think it's either going to be... T- no, I'm going to go with Michael Tarver, and Mr. V uh, thinks that, too. It's either Tarver or Slater in my book. If I had to choose between those two, I'd go with Slater. Slater would be gone. Yeah. But I, I don't know. Uh, you heard it here first. We'll think about it. That's right. Who gets voted off the island? Maybe I will put a poll up. That's a great idea. Yes. Just, just don't expect a royalty check. Damn. I know. If I can't get them from my T-shirt ideas, you're not getting them from fucking your <laughs> poll ideas. So, one of the things I want to kind of talk about, uh, did you catch SmackDown this past week? I saw bits and pieces. I didn't see the whole thing. I was coming back from school on Friday. 
Now, according to a news post that I read on uh, one of our affiliates, WrestleZone, we've got some good friends over there at WrestleZone. I used to write for WrestleZone a couple years ago. I've, I've heard that. There was a post that, was, that came out today saying the WWE has decided to go back to having just eight men in the Money in the Bank tournament, so Drew McIntyre is going to be taken out of the match. This is after he just qualified on SmackDown this past Friday night. Really? So, the latest... Uh, continue, sorry. No, I, I was just going to say, so, that's interesting, because he's he's tried to qualify for weeks. He's lost every match going into that, and they have taken him out of this match. I mean, I, I don't know if this has been confirmed anywhere else, but I do know WrestleZone, uh, a lot of times, break stories like this, and they usually come up true. At least 90% of the time. So... I'm going to go ahead and say it's not it's it's an unconfirmed rumor for now. If that is the case, then I'm actually happy with this. And I I'm going to tell you why. Because it's been a long time and I think somebody actually said cuz I posted this on Facebook earlier today. Somebody actually said there was an Intercontinental match uh last year at 25. Was that was that Ray and JBL? Ray and JBL was that last year? I don't remember. I'd have to look it up. It wasn't a long match. We're talking it was, like, I don't know, less than a minute. Or maybe even, like, 35 seconds. Kane versus Chavo was... That was a couple years that ago. Was, that was less than 40 seconds. And that was ECW, so... And that was ECW, because I remember they did that one. I believe they did that one so that Benoit didn't have the record for shortest match, right? Uh, yes. Because he had the one against Orlando Jordan. Actually, no. I, I believe the, the quickest match in WrestleMania history was 8 seconds, King Kong Bundy and SD Jones. Maybe that was the SummerSlam record then. It might have been. Uh, but here's the thing. I have been saying this for years, that I am ready to see the Intercontinental title taken a little more seriously. I want to see more prestige put back into that belt, and the guys that hold that title, uh, I want to see matches on the WrestleMania card. Because when you go back and you look at classic WrestleManias, some of the best matches on those cards dealt with the Intercontinental title. I mean, like Steamboat Savage from uh, from WrestleMania 3. Uh, the first ladder match between Ramon and Shawn Michaels was at WrestleMania 10. I mean, there's just a whole list of great Intercontinental title matches that have happened on that pay-per-view. And for a number of years, I can't even count how many years it's been, I think the last time they had an Intercontinental title defense might have been 2002, maybe 2001. I don't remember it's been so long since they've had something like that. If they want to make Drew McIntyre out to be the chosen one, the guy that uh, they see a future with, then I say this. You take Drew McIntyre and you put him in an intercontinental title defense at WrestleMania. And you let him go over. And I say you take a guy like Goldust. And I know Mike Siciliano actually said that on Facebook. Goldust would be great just simply because of everything that's going on with him. He's in, he's in the best shape of his life. You know, Jericho has said some positive things about him, and they're talking about really giving this kid a push. So, if you put Goldust in the ring with Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania for the Intercontinental Championship, Goldust is the kind of guy that's going to help elevate Drew McIntyre uh, to the next level, or at least help him along with his Intercontinental title run. I think it's good for Goldust, I think it's good for Drew, and I think it's good for the wrestling fans who want to see uh, an Intercontinental title match rather than the Intercontinental Champion uh, once again, stuck in a Money in the Bank ladder match 
as they do every year. Interesting. That's a very good point. I, I have two thoughts. The first is, if they wanted to make Drew McIntyre the be-all, end-all, chosen one, why job him? Why have him lose to Matt Hardy? I still don't understand that. I don't know. I, I don't really He's think... undefeated. Like, Matt Hardy? Matt Hardy is the guy that you want to put over? That makes no sense. Well, that was a Money in the Bank qualifier, though, too. That's true. My second... is that I did read a report that said that it was originally supposed to be 10 people, and they've decided to hold it at 9. I believe this was on Lords of Pain. Thus, Kofi Kingston is going to be kept out of the match. He's not officially added to it. I did not see what you're saying, but that is bringing up another good point. And the third thing was, I blame the IC title being watered down by the U.S. title. Because if you have an Intercontinental match, well, you have to have a U.S. And if they did not have two titles there... On pay-per-view, I think it would really pay off for an intercontinental title. And when you look back at those WrestleManias, when it did have those you know, high-caliber matches, it didn't have a co-holding of the spot with another belt. That's true. I mean, and you look at the U.S. title, you make a great point. That's another title that's, uh, that's really not getting any play. What was it? When was the last? Maybe it's just me. I don't even remember the last time that belt was defended. Um, uh, I know The Miz has it but only because I see him with three belts. Well, exactly, because he's got the uh, you know unified tag team championship alongside the big show. And, and that's another one that bothers me. Rather than have a team like Crime Time, who, you know, I guess, thank God, they're not getting a match at WrestleMania, but at the same time, that kind of hurts the tag team division, or the lack thereof, when you take a guy like John Morrison and R-Truth and put them together, and then come up with some stupid name like Black Magic White Shadow or just stupid shit. I mean, both Truth, in my opinion, and Morrison don't need to be resaddled in a tag team. Both of these guys are single stars, and they've been doing just fine. Truth is over like crazy on SmackDown. Morrison is. is over. It's just, I really don't know. If anybody should be in Money in the Bank, it should have been John Morrison. And truth I be agree. told, he should win Money in the Bank. I, I think a lot of people... Three months ago, when they were speculating about Money in the Bank, that's what a lot of people picked. And you look at who Morrison and R-Truth went over to get into this match. They went over the Hart Dynasty. It can, some, can anybody explain to me how Bret Hart is one of the main focal points of the WWE right now? They have a freaking stable that bears his name, and it's not getting... And he played. It's never been on Raw with him. I know they were backstage to make him feel comfortable on his first show, but they've never been on the show. They're not having a match at WrestleMania. I, I'm, I'm just baffled. Why aren't they coming out to make the save when Hart's getting beaten down by Batista? I, I just don't get it. Well, let me say this now, and I'm going to go on record to say this. So you guys can mark the tape right here at 56 minutes, 39 seconds into this unplugged broadcast, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen with the Hart Dynasty. After WrestleMania, Bret Hart is staying with the company. From what I've heard, he signed an extension. There's already been uh, ads placing him on a tour after WrestleMania over in the UK. He's going to re-sign. He's going to stay a little bit longer. They're going to have another draft. The Hart Dynasty is getting drafted to Raw. 
Once that happens, ladies and gentlemen, Bret Hart will become the manager of the mouthpiece for the Hart dynasty, and they're going to get a push. Again, WrestleMania is the end of the year. It ties up all the old storylines, and the night after WrestleMania, it's a brand new year, and it's a it's the it's the time to have all of the uh, the new storylines coming out. And I'm telling you now, I'm 99.9% sure that is going to happen. When it happens, you can say that JJ Sexa said it right here on Unplugged. That has to happen because if not, if I'm TJ Wilson or David Smith, I'm packing my bags. Because if this opportunity is there, this is the biggest push they could ever get and, and be exploited for. If it doesn't happen now, and if what you're saying does not happen, then if I'm those guys, I'm not counting my time in the company for that much longer. Because if they're not going to use you now, they're never going to you know, wake up and realize what they have. Well, you know, here's the thing. When I watch the Hart Dynasty wrestle, I know that there's a lot of people, there's a lot of my colleagues that do other radio shows out there that just bash the hell out of these guys. And that's fine. I have, uh, I've worked with them personally, all three of them. I've seen Natty work independence. Hell, I've been a ring announcer in a lot of her matches in Stampede Wrestling. So I've seen the stuff she can do. I've seen her wrestle against people from Japan. So I know what she can do. And she's not being utilized to her, her fullest potential. I mean, she is basically a glorified mouthpiece cheerleader, uh, you know, cheering on David Hart Smith and Tyson Kidd. And it's sad when even Trish Stratus makes remarks like, you know, she could be really the next big thing in women's wrestling and she's being held back. And I agree with that point. Uh, as far as David Hart Smith, I have not seen a lot of stuff from him. When I moved here to Calgary, he had already signed a deal uh, with Vince McMahon and was being held off TV for about a year and a half and really wasn't doing anything. He wasn't working in developmental. He wasn't doing anything. Uh, I saw him at Stampede shows and would talk to him casually, you know, while he was just getting paid to do nothing. So a lot of his ring rust is from not being able to work. Um, when he does have good opponents, he does good jobs. I mean, have you seen him work with Finley? When he first started out in ECW, his matches with yep. Finley were solid. When, when you these put it, three guys, two guys and girl, when they were in ECW, the stuff that they were doing is the reason that I became such big fans of them and why I was so disappointed when they got drafted because I was afraid what did happen would happen. You know, even the match that they had with, uh, with DX, I thought they did, a, they did a great job working with, uh, with Shawn Michaels and Triple H. The problem is when you get these guys working uh, with a tag team like Crime Time, who I think are just the god-awful shits in this wrestling business, uh, and really, how many matches have we seen the Hart Dynasty take on the Hart Foundation. Probably just about 99.9% of their matches that they've had in this company have been against Crime Time. And when people sit there and talk about, oh, well, they suck. Well, look at who they're wrestling to. I mean, TJ Wilson, Tyson Kidd has all the potential in the world. That guy can high fly, he can mat wrestle, and he has wrestled all over the world. His biggest deterrent is his size. So I really think that with this tag team, if Bret Hart does in fact manage them like I think he will, that you're going to see an, a, a big-time explosion in 2010 for these guys. I think they're going to do well. I really hope so. And i got to say that I'm hoping that... Uh, God, people are going to shoot me for saying this, but I really hope that Teddy 
it gets in the it gets in the company again, and that he you know doesn't screw it up. Obviously, but I'm a big Teddy fan, and one of the main reasons that he was let go from AAA is because apparently he was getting on people's nerves for saying that Brett you know was going to bring him into the WWE to work with the Hart Dynasty. But I really hope that happens because the guy's so so entertaining to watch. If you have a problem with him backstage, fine, whatever. I'm seeing him. I'm seeing him and uh, Jack Evans this weekend. They're wrestling the Young Bucks at a, at a local show I'm going to, and that, I mean that's the reason I'm going. He's just so exciting, and I would love to see them bring him in. You know what? I've met Teddy on several different occasions, and outside of the ring, he's a pretty nice guy, and I like Ted. But Ted's biggest problem is he just does not know when to shut his mouth. He is great in the ring. The stuff that kid can do is phenomenal. I mean. I have seen him wrestle AJ Styles. The kid is fucking phenomenal. He yes. does great things, but he does not know when to keep his mouth shut. And I'm hoping that he's matured a little bit. And I would like to see him get a run because I think having Ted Hart in the Hart Dynasty, uh, you know, would do good for that group. I mean, Ted could be utilized as a mouthpiece, although I don't know that they'd ever want to give him a live mic. Uh, that's why they're on SmackDown at the moment. <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> if they draft on the Raw, who knows? But I think well, if it, I, but it, they could do like they used to do with stables, where there's ta- a tag team group in the stable, there's a woman in the stable, and there's a singles wrestler in the stable. Well, I agree. I think Ted, uh, you know, could go after the singles title. You could have, uh, you know, uh, David Hart Smith and and Tyson Kidd go after the uh, unified tag belts, and I think that Natty is a shoe in to be either the Divas or Women's Champion, regardless of what brand she's on. I, I think that, you know, if you give her the opportunity, I think she can really take it home and do something with it. I mean, I think a money match would be Beth Phoenix and Natty. Uh, hands I, so down. many people have said that, and I want to see it. I want to see it given the right amount of time, not what you know they would usually do. I will say this. It's funny you said that about Teddy and not doing when they shut up. The last show that I was at... <clears throat> Last local indie show that I was at, he he had the mic after the match, and he hadn't been there for a while, so he started the talk, and he he was just it got to the point where everybody's like, "Teddy, why are you still talking?" Because it was at least a solid five or ten minutes, and he starts <laughs> going and wishing us Chris, Merry Christmas, even though that was a couple months ago, but saying it wasn't around for it. It finally gets to the point that poor Eddie Kingston had the next match of the night, and there were still three matches left, mind you. Eddie Kingston walks in the ring, he goes, "Teddy, I love you," but. It's eleven o'clock and there's still three matches to go. You gotta get out. And it was just, it was just hilarious to watch. But yeah, he's a, he's a character. He is, but res- you know, wrestling is based on the characters. So you know, like I said, I'm not disparaging Ted Hart. Uh, I'm not gonna say I'm his best friend or I know him uh, as well as some of my colleagues here in Calgary. But uh, I have met the guy a couple times, and uh, you know, I've never had a problem with him. So I'm, I've never, and any time I've met him, I've never had a reason to. You know, whatever he's, a, he's a good guy, and more importantly, he's a great wrestler. He's fantastic. I mean, he's very innovative. I've seen him pull out moves I've never seen anywhere else. I have no idea how we got here, but uh, I'm assuming you want to go to a break soon. So thank you, JJ, for uh, having me on the program. You know what? As always, it's a pleasure. Glad to be back this week. Glad to have you on the show, and not at the Michael Bublé concert, quite frankly. I was I was a little snubbed when you when you sent me an email and said you'd rather go see Michael Bublé than hang out with me. I, I'm, Look, I'm, that is not how I worded that email. That's how I took it, Dave. <laughs> time in it, but seriously, it's it's good to be here. All right, cheap plug time. Let's see. 
uh, my column, actually, I believe it's going to be out this week. I've been on a three-week hiatus while I was recapping two shows. But uh, Thursday, my Raw recap is up from this past week there as well. You can, of course, find me on Facebook or my fan page for That's a Wrap. Check out all of JJ's stuff in the meantime. Quick picks on Saturday. And, of course, Sunday Night Showdown is live this Sunday night. That's right. Quick picks. And then we got uh, live coverage of Destination X. So with that said, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take our first commercial break of the evening. David, thanks so much for joining the program, and I will talk to you soon, brother. All right, guys, we'll be right back right after this. In a little toy shop, buy a bunch of games and a new Xbox. Until the break of dawn, now suddenly something's wrong. Microsoft just stick to software. You're not cut out to make hardware. Now I sit and wonder why I bought something that will just die.
guys, it's me, Mr. Money on the Mic, J.J. Sexay of Sunday Night Showdown. If you're looking for the latest wrestling news on the World Wide Web, you should check out www.fromheadlocks2headlines.com. It's the official news source for Sunday Night Showdown, and you should make it your official news source as well. Once again, that's www.fromheadlocks2headlines.com.
All right, guys, we're back right here, unplugged. A little Gold Dust playing in the background. Like I said, I think Gold Dust is going to headline WrestleMania this year in an Intercontinental title match with Drew McIntyre. That's my pick. It could happen. You never know. With that said, again, welcome to Unplugged. It is now the time on the show when we bring in, of course, my video gaming expert, my gaming guru, if you will, my co-host with the most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the program, the sensational Sean. What's going on, buddy? How's it going, man? I'm good, man. You sound like you sound dead. Like I'm, I'm okay, man. It's okay. It's it's been a long day today. Straight up, I've dealt. Uh, I I told Mike this earlier. I dealt with fifteen, uh, fifteen teenagers today, who could all write for day, days of our lives. I mean, seriously, it was like a soap opera in this in my library today. I was just like, can y'all just sit down, shut up, and stop? Being all over each other? Probably not. That's that's drama. That's teenagers, man. So I mean, what's going on today, man? I know that uh, God of War three just released today uh, for the PS three, and I'm pretty sure you've been playing all day some God of War three. Um, not all day. I will say that I came home and um, I played for about an hour when I got home. And then I had to go grab a shower and get to work, which we had team game night, which is why I sound so dead. Um, I will say this. Uh, the beginning of God of War 3 is probably mo- one of the most epic, and I rarely say epic, one of the most epic intros to a game ever. Um, I'm a huge Greek mythology fan, and just the beginning alone... It made me look at the screen and my jaw dropped the entire time. I was just like, oh man, that is so awesome. Because what you see in the beginning is you see the Titans. The Titans were locked underneath the Earth, um, bound by chains by the Greek gods. And you see them climbing up Mount Olympus, hand over hand, just to get up to where Zeus is so they could kill him. And you see Kratos on on Gaia, Mother Earth's back. You see you see him just standing there, waiting, and then everything starts going going to hell. I mean, the intro was just oh man, it was completely awesome. That sounds pretty cool. I mean, but you're talking to a guy that I'm probably gonna get flack for this. You're talking to a guy who's never even played the first God of War. Um, if you get a chance, it's definitely worth a try. It is, and, and I'm sure that I could pick it up for my PS2, but i got to be real honest, I haven't even plugged in my PS2 in probably a, 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 at least a year. I mean, literally, it just sits and collects dust. I've got like 50-something, well, I had 50-something games till I traded a bunch in, but I probably still got about 30 games just sitting on my shelf collecting dust, and I'll never get rid of them because I'm a collector. Like a lot of those games are all of the wrestling games that you know were on PS2. A lot of them are like uh, you know Metal Gear Solid stuff, and you know I, I just I have so much stuff that I don't want to. I still have a GameCube, and I still have a bunch of shit for that. I still have a Super Nintendo. Like I literally collect shit, and whether I ever play this stuff again, I literally have it. I just can't well, part with it. It's worth it. I mean. um... I know the guys are talking about this a lot in the chat room. 
uh, they re- remastered the entire God of War 1 and God of War 2 for the PS3. I mean, it's worth it to get a PS3 right now um, because there's a lot of games coming out that are destined around some of the w- more well-known titles. Um, God of War 1, God of War 2, God of War 3, it's the entire trilogy and it's going to be and it's going to be amazing once I actually finish God of War 3, which we'll, we will have a full review of next week. Um, I will promise that because I'm in the pro- I've only had a couple of days of uh, playing it, so I mean I've only had a couple of hours of playing it, so I want to I don't want to give you a basic review. I want to give you the full review of me with my jaw dropped on the floor the entire time. No, that's cool. I, I'm looking forward to that actually next week. That's something we can definitely build on. Um, definitely looking forward to that because I'm I'm very interested in this series. Like I've I've seen the screenshots, I've heard reviews, obviously of uh, the God of War series, and I I feel like an idiot for for never picking it up. But again, I've just had other things going on, and uh, God of War is always something that has appealed to me. Uh, I like the story that I've heard, and and it's you know, <laughs> speaking of which, have you seen the trailer for the new Clash of the Titans? Yes, I have. Um, to be all honest, I mean that was one of the. The original Clash of the Titans was a movie my father bought for me on VHS. We watched it um, many times, and as soon as I saw that they were remaking it, I I cried. I literally cried in joy because they were remaking one of the, my greatest films that I've ever loved. And as soon as I saw it, I was just, oh man, this is awesome. Well, I'll tell you this, um, and I guess I'm dating myself here. For the record, I'm 35, just, you know. Just so you know. Um, oh, darn. We can't do a guest JJ's age. No, we don't do that kind of crap here. Um, so, yeah, I'm 35, and uh, I can remember vividly going to the movies with my father when Clash of the Titans came out. I don't remember what year the movie came out. I don't remember if it was the late 70s or the early 80s. But I do distinctly remember going to see that movie with my father, and I loved that movie the first time I saw it, I haven't seen it in probably 20 years. But for the time, the special effects were groundbreaking. Uh, they were something that, you know, were cutting edge for, for that time period. You look at it now, and it's pretty fucking cheesy. Uh, but I love the fact that they've remade this movie. And you, you got to give it up for Sam Worthington, because this, this guy has just managed to find just about every movie that he can get in in the last year or so. Uh, you know, he, he played uh, one of the Terminators in uh, Terminator Salvation. He played the character of Marcus. Uh, he was the lead character in Avatar, which, you know, we know how big that movie was. And now he's managed to find himself uh, in Clash of the Titans 2. Or, excuse me, Clash of the Titans. So, I mean, I mean, Wow. You know, kudos to this guy because he's all over the page. If you don't know who Sam Worthington is, I'm sure uh, you've been living under a rock because this guy is everywhere. Yeah, um, just to make a comment about Avatar, right quick. I'm I'm not a huge fan of big movies like that because most of the time they don't live up to the hype. I'm I'm pretty sure it lives up to the hype. I haven't had a chance to watch it. I'm going to watch it when it comes out. But word is they're going to re re release. Avatar because they um because they felt that Alice in Wonderland took over and it shouldn't have. You know so. what I I did hear that and I also heard that they were adding 
extra footage. There was going to be like a a director's cut, so there's going to be more extended scenes and more footage, which, you know, <laughs> I think that's funny. I've yet to see Alice in Wonderland, but I'm going to go check it out pretty soon. You know, if it makes money, do it. I mean, Lucas was a genius when he redid the uh, the original Star Wars trilogy and added new things. I mean, he literally, you know, brought his stock up and made mega bucks. Now, granted, he did piss off some diehard fans. Um, yes, I'm not a big fan of the uh, remake of the trilogy where at the end of uh, Return of the Jedi, you see Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Yoda there, and now it's Christian uh, Hayden Christensen rather than the guy that originally played Anakin Skywalker in Return of the Jedi. Not a big fan of that move. I thought it was pretty stupid to do that, but hey, because if you're going to do that, then you should have made Yoda young and you should have made Obi-Wan Kenobi young. Just a thought, just kind of reaching out there. Uh, another Don't movie, give him that idea, please. Yeah, exactly. Uh, another movie uh, rumor that just came out, I don't know if you've heard this or not, you're a fan of uh, Stargate, correct? Yeah, I love Stargate. Uh, well, you know who Jason uh, Moma is, right? Um, I think so. He's on Stargate Atlantis, he plays Ronan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I read a story today that uh, they are redoing Conan the Barbarian. And uh, Mickey Rourke actually quit the movie. He was scheduled to play Conan's father. He's been replaced by Ron Perlman of uh, Hellboy fame and you know Beauty oh, and the Beast okay. fame from the 80s. And I, I love Ron Perlman. I think he's great. I'm looking forward to what they're doing. But Jason Moma is actually going to play Conan in this reboot. I have a reason to go watch it now. Well, other than the fact that Ron Perlman, the master of everything, basically, is going to be the father. I mean, Ron Perlman has his hands in every single thing ever. I mean, that voice in Fallout, the, the narrative voice, that's Ron Perlman. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this guy is probably one of the greatest voice actors of all time. I mean, straight up. So, I mean, yeah, just a couple of interesting news, uh, you know, movie tidbits that I wanted to get out there. And, and yes, I know somebody was talking about it. I am so looking forward to Iron Man 2 when it comes out. It's going to be good. It's definitely going to be good. It's going to kick ass. I'm just waiting for more news about um about Batman 3. I'm waiting on that. Man, I hear about that. I can cry and joy again. Now, I, I want to address something CJ's saying in the chat room. Uh, they're doing a Smurfs movie. No, CJ, they did the Smurfs movie. It was called Avatar. <laughs> Only the Smurfs weren't three feet tall. They were like fucking 12 feet tall. Still, it's based on the Smurfs. To Crilly, I, I, I told this to a friend of mine, and I want to say it again. Shutter Island is as close as we'll get probably ever get to Bioshock. I mean, I've seen a little bit of Shutter Island, and I really think it relates to Bioshock a lot more. So, just saying. So, have you been playing a lot of the um, Battlefield, or, yeah, Bad Company 2? Battlefield Bad Company 2? Um, I have not, actually. I have, I've kept it. I'm not going to be sending it back to Gamefly. I'm actually going to end up buying it because I've thoroughly enjoyed playing it. I mean, I've only stopped playing it because of God of War 3. So, I'm thoroughly enjoying Bad Company 2. Yeah, I've been playing Bad Company a lot. Uh, I've only stopped to play God of War 3, which I think is a good reason to stop playing for right now. Well, you know, I also heard that, uh, and this is something I'm going to pick up once I actually beat the game, I have not played Dragon Age Origins in probably a couple of, well, at least a month, man. 
I've literally been busy with other stuff. Uh, you know, speaking of which, I've got to get my ass cracking. I've literally been doing some work this uh, this last couple of days. I literally have tomorrow to really work on it. But uh, I've got to get the eFed show ready because we've got uh, an episode that's supposed to be out this weekend. And of course, right after that, you know, right after WrestleMania, I'm thinking the week after WrestleMania weekend, I'm gonna have our WrestleMania, you know, here on the network, and I'll release the WrestleMania pay-per-view for the eFed. So I've really got my work cut out for me the next uh, couple of weeks, so I'll be playing a lot of uh, SmackDown vs. Raw 2010. And like I said, I told Mike in the chat earlier that he is going to be uh, facing someone, and I will uh, let everybody know exactly who that's going to be on this weekend show. Uh, it'll be pretty easy to figure out, and I'll pretty much have... After this show this weekend, I'll give everybody, uh, I'll have the, the card basically finalized. You probably won't see it on the show, but I'll make sure that I make some sort of post or talk about it on next week's Unplugged and let everybody know where they're going to be on this big WrestleMania card uh, for Showdown Championship Wrestling. But as I was alluding to earlier, I haven't played Dragon Age in a while, but the expansion, Awakenings, actually released today. And I'm probably going to pick that up because... I'm looking forward to not only beating the game, but actually going in and playing uh, this new expansion, Awakening. I've actually, um, in all honesty, I've actually went back and picked up a copy of Dragon Age Origins just to replay. I mean, it's been a long time since I played it. It's been since the um, first week it came out, and I've I thoroughly enjoyed playing it again. It's just going back and forth, back and forth between both uh, both Battlefield and Dragon Age, and then now God of War. So I'll probably end up taking Dragon Age back to Blockbuster, and then and pick up um, Metro Twenty Thirty Three because that came out today. Also, did that come out today? Yeah, it came out today. Um, uh, at GameStop, there are people picking up copies, so oh. I'm going to go grab a copy. I've heard a lot of good stuff about it. Well, it's funny. I was watching. Um, I was watching an advert for it. Uh, on game trailers the other day, and of course they were using the music from uh, 28 Days Later for oh, the nice. thing, which I thought was fucking awesome. And I'm like, fuck, I gotta get this game. It looks awesome. I still need to go back and play Fallout. I mean, I I've been playing. I haven't played it in a while, but I was almost to the point where I was going to beat the game, and I just decided I was going to go ahead and do other stuff uh, before beating the game. I like all the side quests that you get to go on. But uh, I, I'm a big fan of Fallout 3, and I'm really looking forward to the uh, the new Fallout New Vegas when that comes out next year. I, uh, I actually, when I went into GameStop today to pick up my uh, my copy of Command & Conquer, Tiberium, uh, Tiberium Twilight, when I picked it up today, I actually made a pre-order for, for Fallout New Vegas and for a game called Ruse, which is thoroughly enjoyable. What is Ruse about? I've actually heard about it. I just don't know anything about it. Um, Ruse is... It's it's like Risk for real-time strategy fans, I guess we'll call it. Um, you've got you you make your little base, you create all your little people, and you can stack them on top of each other. It was originally supposed to be a a turn-based strategy game, but they they turned it into a real-time strategy game, and it's really cool because you got your maps split up into sectors, and you can um. Hold on one second, excuse me. <clears throat> sorry, I had to clear my throat. That's all right. Um, 
your map split up into sectors, and you can build your units and send them into like the forest or into a city, and they'll ambush any any uh any enemies that come into that area. Well, at the same time, you also have something called a ruse card, which you can use to show off what's um, what's in the enemy sector, what units are coming at you. You can use uh, a ruse card that's called a decoy ambush, which will make it appear that make it appear that like a tank a uh, couple of tanks are bum rushing the uh, the enemy base you can use a ruse card to make a decoy base off to the side of your real base so they'll attack that instead of coming after you um, it's more modeled after World War II uh, because there's three timelines in the beta that is out on Steam right now if you get a chance to go pick it up on Steam you've got about 20 days left um Timelines are like 1935, 1939, and 1941 or 45. Uh, it's one of those two. I can't remember exactly, but um, so far there's only one map. Uh, there's multiplayer also available on the beta, and um, it's fun. I've enjoyed it so far. That sounds good. Uh, you know, this is going to be, I think, a pretty good year for games. I mean, I'm looking forward uh, to everything that's going to come out. You know the information uh, when E3 pops up later on in the year, uh, but one of the games I'm really looking forward to later on this year, got to be honest, The Force Unleashed 2. Oh yeah, that's definitely looking. It's coming up to be one of the greatest. And in all honesty, um, today there were some big news came out, some rumors came out today that's pretty good for if you're an Xbox fan. Um, Gears of War 3 has been rumored to come out in April 2011. Um, the big news about that is Microsoft, it, they had originally said they were going to come out with it um, this holiday season. Microsoft was like, well, let's let's wait on that. Let's not do that because they want Halo Reach and Natal to own completely the, the holiday season. And Natal is going to own no matter what. But Halo Reach is supposed to be coming out within... November, I believe, and Natal around the same time. So they wanted those two to own the entire Christmas holiday season. So they asked um, Epic to release Cures of War 3 in April, um, around April 8th, I think, is, is what they're. Oh, no, excuse me. Uh, quarter 1, 2011, which is April. Um, they're going to be announcing it supposedly at E3 this year. Very cool. Uh, another game I'm actually looking forward to that's coming out in a few months. Uh, again, I was on Game Trailers not too long ago. Uh, Game Trailers TV this past week actually showed an episode uh, with Jeff Keighley talking to the production crew that are working on Transformers War for Cybertron. And i got to be honest, you know, I know there's Transformers games out there. I actually have the Transformers movie game, the first one, and God, is it fucking awful. I've yet to play the second one, but this game is very Gears of War-esque, and it looks like it's going to kick major ass. It's basically set up as a prequel before any of the movies, and it does take place on Cybertron, obviously, and there's two campaigns uh, that you have, you, the Autobot and Decepticon campaign, and at any given time when you're playing the game, you have uh, two other people with you, so they can be computer-controlled, or it can be a multiplayer session when you're doing it. Also, they're supposed to have a, a really beefed-up multiplayer sec uh, section that's going to be online once the game releases. So, I'm telling you, this game looks like it's going to kick some major ass, and it looks like it's going to be the Transformers game 
that finally lives up to the hype. Yeah, the uh, the original wording around it was um, they were going to. This is the Transformer game that is going to be equal to Arkham Asylum. That is the that is what everybody is saying about it. That it's going to be the Batman Batman game Arkham Asylum, and it's going to be equal to that. So if that's the case, then I will be absolutely buying it whenever I get a chance to play it. Now, you know what? Transformers is something that's always been near and dear to my heart, and uh, I've not been happy with any Transformers game that they have ever made, and I really, I'm holding this in high regard. If it sucks, I'll come out and say it sucks, but I really think the guys that are developing it are doing a great job with what I've seen so far, and I think it's really going to go somewhere. Yeah, it's going to do real good. Um, also talking about Arkham Asylum, uh, later on in, in May of this year, they're re-releasing the Game of the Year edition of Arkham Asylum, and the really cool thing about it is it's being redone in 3D with 3D support. Oh, that kicks fucking ass. So if you have a 3D monitor for your PC or you have a 3D TV, which I really don't think any of our people here have them yet because they're pretty expensive. But what you saying, you man? We all we we we, we 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 on the welfare, man. What the fuck you saying, man? Shit, you, you saying we can't afford a fucking computer monitor? What the fuck, man? Um, seeing as how the three D monitor is about six hundred seven hundred dollars, and fuck uh, got me. I mean, what the fuck, man? You got me fucked up, man. What the fuck, man? <laughs> oh my lord. Um, but it's being released in North America in May. Don't see a date for it. Just May. So, I'm looking forward to that. I, no, I don't have a 3D TV. No, I, I can't afford one. <laughs> Black JJ for the win. There we go. That's right, motherfucker. Shit. Let me put a cap in your ass, motherfucker. You sound like me during high school. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah, um, CJ says I just became him for a moment. <laughs> I was actually channeling some old dirty bastard, but uh, sure, CJ, why not? Oh, my. Um, don't know if you heard about this, but IGN has actually uh, laid off some of their staff. Did they? Uh, who did they let go? I mean, did did uh, did Greg Miller make the cut? Because <laughs> I could give two shits about Greg Miller. Tell me they kept Chobot because I-, I love me some uh, some Jessica Chobot. I'm not seeing any names. I'm not seeing any parts they cut, but. Apparently, Greg is still with them because it says Greg will be sending out a note with the exact timing. Please be on the lookout for that. Now, if you get rid of Jessica Chobot, you're an idiot. Seriously. Chobot fucking rules IGN. To anybody who cares about this, um, Peter Mo- uh, is Peter Molyneux, uh, Fab- the guy who created Fable, um, called uh, says Heavy Rain offers the first glimpses of the future of games. If this is the future of games, I will bow down at the creator of video games because he is just he started the absolute greatest thing in the world because Heavy Rain was absolutely the most gorgeous game and God of War three has is up there with it, but nothing compares to Heavy Rain. Wow, you know, I again I've I've yet to really check out Heavy Rain. I have seen some movies online that looks it looks pretty kick ass. Again, yeah, I don't own a PS3 right now, so. And no, Crowley, the PS3 does not have the future of gaming. Uh, the Xbox still has that. Thank you. You know, and it's um, funny. I used to be a diehard PlayStation guy. 
Like, I had a PS1. I thought the PS2 was a great fucking system. I never thought that I would literally bow down and say that Microsoft had a better system or that it was uh, it was the system to have, okay? Uh, <laughs> no, Crelly, I didn't go corporate. If you remember, I left corporate. Uh, with that said, though, the first time I ever played an Xbox 360, I really liked the control of it. I love the controller. I really got into the gameplay uh, with the Xbox 360, and I hated the original Xbox. I didn't think Microsoft was ever going to go anywhere with uh, with what they were doing. But I am proud to say that I really enjoy my Xbox 360. Uh, I didn't really like it when I got Red Ring of Death. I was pretty pissed about that, quite frankly. Um, but then again, I hear the PS3 has you know some hardware failures of its own. So it does. You know, I will come out and say it. I mean, there's. I mean, a lot of people freak out. No, Josh, the Y2K error was not the only thing. Straight up, it's not. Um, the Microsoft had its problems, and I mean, they the design of the Xbox is the only problem they had is it didn't allow heat to get out like it should have. So I mean, I understand where the problems come from. I don't hate Microsoft for that. A lot of people do, but I don't. They they rem they fixed ramifications of the entire entire thing. They extended the the warranty for the Xbox for another three years if you had that problem. You were covered for another three years if you had the Red Ring of Death. So, I mean, they sent you the little coffin for it. I mean, you were you were good. I mean, it just took another, like, two weeks to get your system back. Oh, well. I mean, it's just stupid. But, um, PS3 has a problem called the Yellow Light. Um, the yellow light of death is what they're calling it. Um, it's like a hard drive failure, I believe, if I remember correctly. So, really? I mean, it's it's just one of those things. So, you got anything else on gaming, or should we just take some phone calls? Um, I got two more things, if possible. Yeah, go for it. Um, Bungie, the the creators of mm. Halo, have registered. A game name that I don't know a lot of people will be will know of, but I know of it because it's near and dear to my heart because it's one of the first first person shooters I ever got to play. Um, Marathon. Huh. They re-registered the Marathon name, um, and there's word coming out that there will be a uh, a new Marathon first person shooter coming out very soon within the next two years. I don't know, man. I'm going to be honest. I'm still holding out for Sega to, to get back in the console business. No, I'm, just, I'm just fucking kidding. Sega's never coming back. You know what? They had a viable contender with the Dreamcast. I'm sorry. The Dreamcast was by far a very good system. And why they fucking abandoned uh, you know, that once PS2 came out was ridiculous to me. I went and bought a Dreamcast two years after they had stopped making them from a pawn shop. And the first time I played the Dreamcast, I thought, why the fuck did they get rid of this system? The graphics were good. Sound was good. Even the controller was fine to me. I've never understood why Sega just fucking chicken shitted out and left the biz and just, you know, basically started making their own games and not their consoles. I, I just, I've never understood that. They, if, if I remember correctly, they were actually about to go bankrupt because of the Dreamcast. Um... 
the they were the first system to have online, and not everybody was like online isn't the way to go. Online is all PC. We're not touching that. And I I, I see where they're coming from back then because not everybody had internet. I mean, it was still dial up in most places. So a lot of people were like, "This is not. This is not going to go right." And Sega was about to go bankrupt, so they were like, "You know what? We're done with this. Stop production. Keep your own stuff." Oh well. So then we come to the place where the Dreamcast is one of the most wanted items ever, which is pretty cool. No, you know what? I used to like I said, I had a Dreamcast for a while and. Really enjoyed some of the games that I had there, but you know, I ultimately moved on, and uh, it's sad. I, I I miss that I got rid of my Dreamcast, but oh well. I'm it's, sure I could find it again somewhere if I wanted. It's a good move, so don't worry. Yeah, it's not like I was going to get a new game for it anytime soon, right? You know, so yeah. Well, there was a game that came out for it apparently like last year. So. Oh, that's cool. Well, there was a game that came out for the original NES this year. So I mean, what the hell? I know. Um, last thing for gaming news from me is, uh, if you're a fan of Splinter Cell, the Splinter Cell Conviction demo will be dropping on March 18th on Xbox. Oh, hell yes. So, I am looking forward to that. <laughs> so get yourself ready. Go go sit in front of the 360 at midnight tonight, and you might pick it up. Or, yeah, midnight tomorrow, and you might get it early. Who knows? It's doubtful, but, you know, what the hell. <laughs> All right, well, I guess with that said, we'll go ahead and open up the phone lines. Of course, you just add Sunday Night Showdown to your Skype. Or, of course, give us a call at 501-588-5... What the fuck? <laughs> I just lost my train of fucking thought. Uh, the number is 501-588-7957. That Holy is 501 588 Seven nine five seven. Did that literally just fucking happen? It did. Wow. It's uh, wait, because you just added somebody to the phone line, and it's a bastard. So. Well, there you go. Uh, so I guess there's your introduction. We've got a bastard on the line. Welcome to Unplugged. Who is this? Wow. A bastard. <laughs> Sean, is that a good way to insult your future co-host? Well, I've insulted JJ. I've insulted David. So, yeah. Basically, yeah. Ah, uh, fair enough. Now, earlier you compared Shadow Island to Bioshock. I'm not sure it is at all, because I watched it the other day, and I'm not going to ruin the storyline, but this, this, this um, um, former, former, former soldier is sent to uh, this prison where, the, where, where like, the most psychotic people are kept, and basically this woman has disappeared, and he has to find out how a woman disappeared off the island with no one seeing her. And this island's basically like, literally, it's just right in, right in the middle of the sea. And as you go through the film, you learn something. And you, and the, the woman that, that, dis, that, that disappeared, her past is very similar to the guy that's searching for her. And as you go through the film, you kind of learn more about the character. And it turns out, towards the end, that he's actually, he's actually in the wrong. And he's not the good guy. Okay. And how's that like Bi- Bioshock? It's the stuff that I saw reminded me of Bioshock. I mean, I haven't seen the movie, like I said. 
Mm. It's just the parts that I saw reminded me of Bioshock. Well, what, what the, like the bit where I'm not, I'm not sure if you saw where the, a woman appeared to drown her, drown her daughters and like chuck the dead corpses into the water. Dude, it's been yeah. a while since I've seen the trailer, so there's no point. And I'm I'm three quarters out of it right now, so there's no point even asking, even asking yeah. that question tonight. Well, that was, I just put our time in because I had a guess to do it ten past five in the morning. But I'll jump off and let whoever wants to call in. Watch out! I think Mike wants to call in and cut a promo. He did one earlier on the lounge. Mm. Him and Don Don Juan did like a five minute promo. It was fantastic. Be sure to check out the archive. But that was it. I can't I wait. Thought, uh, so I think CJ will have up the archive on Facebook some point tomorrow or tonight. So be sure to check it out. But that's it. I'll speak to you guys later on. Peace. All right, Crowley. Thanks Peace. for calling in, buddy. All right, so the phone lines are open. <laughs> Again, the number is 501-588-7957. 588-7957. Yeah, I know. It happens from time to time. I have no idea what the hell happened there. I just... I don't know. Like It was like a momentary brain fart. I have no idea why I just froze like that. You know, After all the years that I've been doing internet radio, I mean, what the hell is wrong with me? Uh, we actually have a caller on the line. Welcome to Unplugged. Who is this? Uh, this is One Man X. What's going Coming on, X? for the nerd hour. That's right. <laughs> Nerds! There's no problem with being a nerd. Uh, indeed, indeed. I, I so want to get the ogre soundbite. Nerds! I'm still going to find that now, just you know, just for the hell of it. So we can oh add it to the nerd segment. Come on, X, what do you, what do you want to talk about? Oh, man, I'm, we, I'm, I heard you guys do a little video game news, but we kind of... Unless you guys covered it last week, in which I missed it because I was unconscious sleep. No one talked about, you know, the move, PlayStation move, big GDC oh, talk. Yeah, I, I wasn't going to fully talk about it until next week because I wanted to get all of the news that had been coming out because they were still coming out with stuff when I was reading. So I was just like, oh, crap, I don't want to talk about this and not cover something. So, yeah. The GDC was uh, the game developer conference was this week. I think it's it's in the, I don't know if it's over with or not, but uh, the PS3 PlayStation Move was something they were talking about, and it it is it's a Wii. It looks like the controllers are like the Wii controllers, but the graphics are HD graphics. They are absolutely amazing graphics. Um, one part of the uh, the demo was a girl. Uh, a lady doing archery and she pulls it out of her backpack she pulls it out of her pack puts it on and lets it go so I mean it it looked good well you know it, it's funny you bring that up I, I actually read an article uh, with, with Reggie from Nintendo talking about how Microsoft and, and uh, Sony should be ashamed of themselves for ripping off the concept of the Wii and I have to agree I mean Reggie has a point with that uh, you know, here they went in a different direction. Rather than try to compete uh, on a high definition scale uh, with with the the Xbox 360 and the PlayStation 3, they wanted to appeal more to uh, the family of gamers, which really essentially is what your Wii is 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 for. It's not for serious gaming. It's for game night with your family. 
and I can see his point totally. They totally ripped off the concept that Nintendo came up with, and everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. It's not like it's it's a big deal. You know, Microsoft has ripped people off in the past. I mean, how do you think Bill Gates became a millionaire? Off of screwing let's, people over and, and ripping people off. Let's not talk about that. Yeah. Well, you can bring up that, then we have to bring up how Apple ripped off Linux. And, uh, well, that's true. I mean, it, it's it's all relative to the situation. Uh, but I have to say, i got to give Reg props, man, because he's got the balls to come out and say it, and uh, he's 100% right. I mean, they should be... Uh, they should be ashamed of themselves because that's what that's all they're doing is making a uh, a high definition Wii. Yeah, but the, that that's kind of what makes it kind of funny because everything that Sony's doing, Nintendo could have done. It took them almost a year for them to add the Motion Plus to add a little bit better movement, and then here comes Sony coming in with one to one movement with super, uh, you know, with of course HD quality games and and. Great precise movement. This is stuff that we should have had nailed down from the start, but they didn't. And it's kind of like Sony's showing people that Nintendo really needs to kind of catch up, just kind of with some of the more with some of the other hardware, because the Wii, while it's a great it's a great family console, it's one of those things where it's going to sit on the shelf longer than an Xbox or a PS3, because just this year. You know, there's been great Xbox games, great PS3 games, but really no great Wii games up until Mario in May. I would agree yeah. with that. Um, comment on the uh, since TJ just took over for the PS3, I'll I'll take over for the Xbox, Microsoft. Um, Natal has been worked on. If my calculations and my memory serves me right, Natal has been worked on since. Oh, I don't know, since the original Xbox. Um, they have been trying to come out with it for the Xbox, but things were going a little weird, and nobody liked it, so they were like, you know what, we'll put it to the side for now, and then they came up with the Xbox 360, and then they started working back on the, the Natal. Um, so Natal has been out there being worked on for a while. I think Nintendo is still off of them, but Nintendo is not hands-free completely. Natal is. There's uh, no controllers. There's no nothing. I, I I don't know if I buy that Natal's been in development for that long. I really don't. Uh, I mean, I know that's out there, but I really think Nintendo kind of cornered the market and went you know somewhere where nobody else was going because they didn't want to compete with uh, with Sony and Microsoft. They wanted to do their own thing, and that's exactly what they did. I uh, you know if they've been working on Natal for you know ten years, then. You know, God bless them. They're still fucking working on it, and you know, I hope that it doesn't flop when it comes out. I admit, I'm looking forward to seeing what Natal can bring, but I don't think it's going to live up to the hype that they have. Uh, they've put around it. It's going to deliver something because i I am looking I am looking at the future, and I want to be. I want to. I want this because it is the one thing that I have been looking at that's going to like like wow what is this I mean there are games coming out there I think oh I think Madden is going to be one of them and there's a few others that are going to come out that are supporting at all and supposedly word is that, that a lot of games will be adding support for it including old games like Burnout and stuff like that will be adding support for Natal coming up so I mean they're adding 
all of their support with the move, not all games will have support for it, which sucks because there's some good games like God of War 3 right now. If it was capable of doing move, oh man, I'd love to like be slashing around and everything. Um, like CJ says in the chat room, SOCOM 4, which was announced last week, I believe. It was um, announced at well, GDC. They, that was one of the games demoed, and that looked fucking amazing. Yeah, I, there we go. It was announced at GDC. Um, it will support PlayStation Move. So there's a few games coming out that will support it. I just, You, you know what? I'm waiting for... I don't know, maybe we're looking at 10 years down the road, but I'm actually waiting for you to have your own virtual reality suit where you can flip around in your living room and do everything that the video game character can do. Oh, there was something at GDC called the the virtual spear. Yep. Oh, yeah. You put on a goggle, you put on a pair of uh, VR goggles, in which you mean you could see the world in 3D, and then you get inside this uh, giant hamster ball. And as you walk inside the ball, your character walks, and you can turn full 360 movement and all that stuff. I mean, it looks pretty cool, but, again, that's something you probably see in, like, an arcade a couple of years from now. Yeah, you know, CJ, yeah. CJ in the chat was saying, remember the Virtual Boy? Yeah, my eyes remember it very well. I still see red lines every now and then. Yeah, I... It's like a bad trip of the Virtual Boy. It's like a bad trip with acid. Exactly. No, there's no such thing as a bad trip with acid. Any trip's a good trip. Uh, okay. I, We're all drug-free on this man. program, X. Come on. <laughs> I don't have to fire people. Oh, wait. No wellness policy violations here. Come on. <laughs> I, I, I work for TNA. There is no wellness violations here. Oh, well, fuck. Well, he, he's covered then. <laughs> I'm not. I work for the Marine Corps. They, they're probably testing me tomorrow just because of this show. They are. They're, they're listening right now. Yeah, hey, hey, Judy, hey, friend. I uh, hope to see. I hope don't hope not to see you at work tomorrow. You know, th- this is a bit off topic, but I want to bring it up real quick. Have you guys seen the uh, the new trailer for uh, for the Steve Austin movie? I mean, obviously, you, you you probably saw it on Raw last night. Damages. Damage or damage. Damage. Uh, no, I haven't. Um. Yeah, yeah, I saw the one on Raw. I missed most of Raw last night, um, due to work, so I didn't get a chance to see it. Maybe I'm crazy here, but uh, I'm actually look. I'm looking forward to seeing this movie. I I don't know if it's I'm just fucking nuts or what, but I, I was one of the guys that really didn't mind the condemned. I thought it was decent. I thought it you know uh, it failed at the movie theater, obviously, but I like the storyline behind it. Um, but with this movie, there are some good actors in this movie, so I, I'm holding out hope that it's not going to completely suck. I mean, he's already a better actor than John Cena, so I'm not worried about that. Um, but if you look at the cast, I mean, I don't know if you've ever watched The Shield on the FX channel. I actually own the, the complete series of The Shield. Love that show. Uh, Michael Chiklis was a fucking badass as Vic Mackey in that, in that show. But there was a character on there called Shane Vendrell, played by an actor called uh, Walton Goggins. And this guy is everywhere this year. Uh, he is literally going to be in damages or damage uh, with Stone Cold Steve Austin. This week, he's going to be on a new show on FX, along with uh, Timothy Oliphant, who you might remember from the uh, Hitman movie and various other movies that he's been in, uh, called Justified. And then later on this year, he's going to be in the Predator reboot, Predators. 
and he's a good actor. So I'm looking forward to seeing you know what he brings to the table, uh, you know, with Steve Austin in this movie. I'm hoping that it it turns out pretty well, you know, pretty good for for Austin, and uh, you know the WWE pitchers. But I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens. And you guys are dead. I'll just say what? something because you kind of went on a, you know. Sorry, it was just on my mind real quick. I had to throw yeah, it out Yeah, you were talking about these guys, and I was like, oh, is that guy? Is, is he like a Canadian actor? Well, you guys not watch FX? I mean, what the fuck? Like, Wait, I had to walk well, away I watched Archer, and that's about it. And all, and all is sunny in Philadelphia. That's about it. Who are you talking about, JJ? I mean, who am I talking about? I had to walk away for a second, so I didn't get to hear what she said. I'm sorry. Well, I was talking about Damage with Steve Austin. Okay. And yeah. there's an actor in it called uh, Walton Goggins, and he was in The Shield. I've heard the name before, and I, I haven't seen The Shield myself. My father used to watch it, so I, I think I know about who you're talking about. Well, if uh, I'm sure you've seen him in something before. But anyway, uh, I guess I'm the only one here that, that has ever watched the fucking Shield, so... Apparently, after seven seasons, no wonder it got canceled, because I was the only motherfucker watching it. In fact, I'm probably the only motherfucker that went out and bought the complete anthology. Oh, that's with that thing that's sitting on the shelves at the PX? Oh, I was wondering what that was. Well, see, I just now got your message that you left. What the fuck's up with my computer tonight? At least we're broadcasting. uh, Can everybody hear us? Hello? Test, test. Yes, they're here. I'll bring it back up. God of War 3, um, apparently you get to have sex with Aphrodite, so don't play it in front of little kids. Nice. <laughs> I thought the big giant M would be the uh, the trigger not to get it for kids. Oh, I didn't even know that until I, um, when I went to Blockbuster, I mean, uh, GameStop to get my copy of Command & Conquer. Once again, a cheap plug for Command & Conquer. Um, dude was like, hey man, have you played God of War 3? I'm like, I got it now. Why? It was like, don't play it in front of little kids. Why? I mean, I, I, I got to disembowel. I mean, I seriously watched the disemboweling. So, X, uh, is, there any, is there anything else, X, before uh, before I take this other call? Uh, yeah, just a couple quick uh, things. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, that is definitely not me. Well, I know it's not you. Uh, yeah, just picked up a PS3, picked up Infamous, amazing game. Go fucking buy that game. Uh, Uncharted 2, everyone knows it's awesome. Metal Gear Solid 4, just a forewarning, if anyone wants to buy that game, that game has an insane hour-long install time. Yes, it does. Well, it's 90% movie. Yeah. uh, But, yeah, but I'm a a fucking Hideo Kojima Mark, so anything he does, I'm there. God of War 3, play it if you can. Get it. Yes, uh, CJ, it was uh, Sex with Aphrodite, yeah. Um, I don't I don't even remember now. Uh, screw it. Fuck it, we're done. Uh. Show's over. Fuck it. <laughs> it. You know, obviously, we we killed the fucking chat, everything else. Fuck it, we're done tonight. Any any final fucking thoughts, boys? <laughs> uh, nah. Um, God of War 3 review next week. Um, Command and Conquer review possibly if I can get it to work on my computer that's it for me uh, Metro 2033 I'll be picking it up so we'll hopefully see it till next week um, Final Fantasy 13 uh, I can't get my hands on it it's flying off the shelf everywhere so when I get my hands on it Jay Cash I will do a review of it I promise 
but I can't get my hands on it. Fair enough. All right, guys. You know what? With that said, we're going to end the show for tonight. I want to thank everybody that called in. Uh, you know, thanks everybody to, for listening to the show tonight. And uh, you know, I will see you guys later on in the week. Obviously, there's a, a full week of programming. So, uh, quick picks on Saturday. Can't wait. Yeah, quick picks. We've got you know what Destination X on Sunday. Yeah. That's right. Pro Wrestling Rewind is going to be on on Saturday. But you know, with that said, guys, it's time to end the show. I will uh, see you guys later on in the week. Uh, keep it tuned right here to uh, com. And with that said, I hope everybody has a great night. Thanks for coming out. It's good to be back. I'll talk to you guys next week. Later. Peace out. As for me, I'm sitting here completely naked after my bath. I'm just going to enjoy this waterlogged steak. After that, I'm going to polish off an entire bottle of vodka in less than 20 minutes. And then hit the town and punch out street lamps with a bat. I'm going to hopefully sleep with the first person I meet. I hope you do the same. Even if you're a child or a recovering alcoholic or an elderly person. you got to live life. Huh? Does that sound good? Great. Now you do me a favor. You stay classy and give me a call sometime. I'm at 646-424-9166. Hope to talk to you real soon. Goodbye. Is that Baxter? Baxter! Oh, oh, that's not Baxter. Oh, sweet Jack Lord's hair! That's a Mastiff! I have to remember to close the front door when I bathe. Oh, that definitely is a Mastiff! Oh! Lord, damn it, help me! It's a monster! Oh, get down from me! Oh, thank you for listening to my album!
Bye-bye. I'm sorry, what? What part didn't you understand? The buh or the bye? Bye-bye. 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 Bye-